We had traveled to Florida. We were at my grandma's house in Florida, and we were, she was making the meal. We're getting everything ready, setting the table, making the food, when this giant personality of a woman came bursting into the house. What's funny is that the way I remember her, she was tall and thin, and, and she looked so frail, but there was nothing frail about her. She had this giant laugh, and, and she somehow managed to, to domineer the conversation even more than my grandmother normally did. Just big personality. And then at the end of the night, my grandma packed up all of these containers of food, leftovers, and sent them home with her. And the next day on the door was a little note that simply said, thank you. I asked my grandmother, who is this woman? Why is she at Thanksgiving? My grandmother told me that it was a friend of hers who was a widow. It was her first Thanksgiving alone, and she didn't have any family, and so Grandma had invited her to have Thanksgiving with us. It was such an important picture of hospitality that I still very much remember that. I've always been impacted then by that generous hospitality that I witnessed from my grandmother. Hospitality and gathering people around the table is super important for Luke. Matter of fact, all through Luke, as we, every time we see images of community of God or the kingdom of God, what Luke wants us to see over and over again are these images of people gathering around the table, that there's space around the table for everyone there. I read an article this week that said that in Luke, Jesus is either going to dinner, at dinner, or leaving dinner in most of the gospel. And I can get on board with that kind of a Jesus. <laughs> I'm here for food. But my point is, hospitality is so holy in the book of Luke. It's such an important piece of how this, the kingdom of God works in the book of Luke. And that makes this passage today with Mary and Martha really confusing for us. Because Martha is doing the work of hospitality. She's gathering all the things necessary for all the people to be able to come around the table. Jesus and his friends just showed up for dinner, and she is making space. She's doing the holy work. So it's a little bit like, is Jesus changing his mind on us here? Is Jesus saying, never mind, don't worry about taking care of everybody. It's fine now, just only listen to me. Don't do things for other people, just sit at my feet. And I think that's obviously an exaggerated reduction of the passage, except for I think that's what we're tempted to do here with this passage. Think about how many sermons that you have heard on this passage or how many times that you've done a Bible study on this passage. If you have ever done a woman's Bible study, there is a chapter on Mary and Martha. Everybody loves Mary and Martha in women's Bible study land. It's very big. And over and over again, how many times have you heard people reduce this passage to simply, don't be so busy. Jesus doesn't want you to be so busy. Is that really what the scripture is telling us? I'll tell you, I think that if we, if we do that, if we believe that that's what this passage is telling us, if we reduce it down to just don't be so busy, I think we're shortchanging the gospel. I don't think that this is what this passage is telling us. So let me tell you about Mary and Martha and who they are. Mary and Martha are sisters. They live in Bethany, which is not far from Jerusalem. 
Now remember, when we first started reading the passage, it tells us that Martha welcomed Jesus into her home. Her home. Martha has her own home. So there's, she's clearly a woman of some means. Maybe she inherited it from her parents. Maybe she's a widow. The scripture doesn't tell us that information, but somehow she is a woman of some means. We also know that she's clearly well-respected in the faith community because she's hosting Jesus. And we know from scripture this isn't the first time that she's hosting Jesus. She's done it before. So she's a woman to be respected. Now Mary and Martha have a brother named Lazarus. And we learn about Mary and Martha and Lazarus in the Gospel of John. And I think it's important for us to know that story because I think it gives us context for our passage in Luke today. Mary and Martha, their brother, Lazarus, is ill. He's so ill that Mary and Martha, being the faithful women that they are, they know that the only hope that they have is to send for Jesus, that maybe Jesus can heal him. And so they send for Jesus, and when Jesus receives word that they're asking for him to come, there is a sentence in the book of John that I think that we need to know and hold on to so that we understand what's happening in this passage. Because they tell Jesus, oh, you need to come and, and see Mary and Martha's brother, and the scripture says, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. It's clear that there's a deep, authentic relationship here, that there is a love that Jesus has then for Mary and for Martha and for Lazarus. It takes Jesus two days before he gets to Lazarus, and in that two days, Lazarus dies. And so as Jesus comes in, this is one of my favorite moments in all of Scripture, as Jesus comes in, Mary and Martha are weeping. Of course they're weeping. Their brother has just died. And so they're weeping, and Jesus comes into that room. And what happens next, I will contend, is one of the most poignant moments in all of Scripture. Because when Jesus walks in and his dear friends are grieving and weeping, the Scripture tells us, Jesus wept that Jesus sat then in that grief with Mary and Martha. He sat with his dear friends and held them and, gr and grieved with them, wept with them. And after they had sat in that intimate moment of grief, that is when Jesus called out to Lazarus and Lazarus, Lazarus was risen from the dead. It's clear. The, the reason I wanted us to look at this, hear the story in John, because it's clear. Jesus values both Mary and Martha. Jesus has a dear relationship with both Mary and Martha. There's an authentic love that he has for both of them. He treasures those relationships. There's no indication at any point in Scripture then that Jesus is asking us to choose that Jesus himself is not choosing and wouldn't be calling us then to choose to be like Mary or like Martha or to not be like Mary or Martha. So I think we have to keep that in mind then when we're reading this passage, that this isn't a passage where Jesus is telling us not to do something that Martha is doing. And here's the case. Here's the case I want to make for why I think that Jesus is saying that. In verse 40 of the passage we just read, it tells us Martha was distracted by her many tasks. The Greek word here that's used for task is diakonia. 
This is not the word for like random to-do lists and errands and things that we need to accomplish just in order to get through our day. Diakonia is a word that means ministry tasks. Matter of fact, the King James Version even translates this word as serving. We use this word in English. We call it a deacon, and that's a person in a church who's been called to do the work of ministry, to do the work of the church. Mary is, Martha is doing holy work. She's doing that which God has called her to do. It's important, and remember back to this piece about hospitality, I would contend she is doing the holiest of work that Jesus has asked her to do. So I'm not sure we can make a case that the problem here is in her doing. And, and one more point that I want to make about this is that the passage just before Mary and Martha that we read is, again, people sitting at Jesus' feet, and they're listening to Jesus' teaching, and they're learning from Jesus, and this guy who happens to be an attorney says, hey, Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus tells them this story about a time that There was a guy, and he was beaten and robbed and left on the road for dead, and these churchy people came by, and for churchy reasons, they said, sorry, can't help you today, and a Samaritan stopped. And the Samaritan offered him health care, medical care. He offered him a place to stay. He gave him money for what he would need. And Jesus said, see that guy who did all those really important things? The scripture says, go and do likewise. Go and do. You see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. It was very great for Mary to be at Jesus' feet listening to the teaching, but what we see in Scripture over and over and over again is when you sit at the feet of Jesus, when you listen to Jesus' teaching, it's always going to lead us to going and doing the tasks of ministry. Don't forget, Jesus tells us that we're going to fish for people, that we're going to go the extra mile, we're going to feed the sheep, we're going to care for the hungry and the thirsty and the stranger and the one who is naked and the one who's in prison. When we listen to the teachings of Jesus, we are called to go and do. So the issue here in our story today is not Martha's serving. What Jesus says to Martha is that she is distracted. The Greek word here at its roots indicates being pulled in all directions. The concept being that her mind isn't necessarily focused on the one who has called her to do the things, but it's being pulled in all directions, pulled away from the one who has called her to do the things. I think that what Jesus is telling her is not to be so caught up in the doing that she no longer remembers why she's doing the doing or for whom she's doing the doing. I think what Jesus is doing is is calling her back then into this space of being at Jesus' feet and listening to Jesus' teachings, reminding her that it's important for her to have her own spiritual nourishment and to find joy and restoration and reclaiming that call that she has been given, that in that space, in that space, she will be able to live into the faithful doing of the doing. This passage this morning, y'all, this passage isn't asking us to choose whether or not we're a Mary or a Martha. 
This passage this morning is reminding us the importance of both in our relationship with Jesus. There is a religion scholar named Monica Coleman who's phenomenal. She's so smart, so fantastic. And she says when we can understand that when we're reading this passage that both Mary and Martha are teaching us how important our relationship with Jesus is, she says it changes everything. It's no longer a simple contrast of the domestic diva versus the student mystic. It's a comparison of doing and being. And doing the work of ministry is important. When we are able to discover what God calls us to do and have the opportunity to actually do it, it's more than important. In those contexts, our work becomes an extension of ourselves. It's not so easy to separate who we are from what we do. Not so easy to figure out which part of us is Martha and which part of us is Mary. It's the knowing Jesus, the sitting at Jesus' feet, the living into that which Mary has demonstrated for us. Knowing Jesus and the joy that comes from being in relationship with Jesus, but knowing that that will always call us to go and do. But that when we go and do, we stay focused on that which we have learned at the feet of Jesus. I will tell you, this reminds me of a show that my kids used to watch when they were little. Perhaps you know, remember from your own times as a kid, or maybe you have kids, perhaps you remember the Transformers. Now, Transformers, just so you know, in case you are not familiar, they're Autobots, and so they do their best, like, robot life thing. I don't know what they do where they hang out and do robot things. And then, when there's an emergency, they transform into a vehicle so that they can drive in and do the thing that they need to do. They've made several live-action movies about this, by the way, in case you want to get caught up on the Transformers. But their leader is Optimus Prime. And what happens is Optimus Prime will call together all the Autobots and then he tells them, here's the work that needs to be done. Here are the things I need you to remember. Don't forget who you are and what you were created to do. And, and he, he, he instructs them, he inspires them, and then they are sent out to do the work that they were called to do, to save the world. In one of the movies, Transformers, The Last Night, Optimus Prime has gathered them together. It is the biggest battle that they've ever been called to go and fight. And he continues to teach them, instruct them, to remind them how to work together and what they need to do. And in that speech, he says this, and when the account of the ages is etched into the cosmos, let those who exist long after us know that this was our finest hour. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I really feel like Optimus Prime is nailing for us what this passage about Mar Mary and Martha is telling us, that we are called to sit at the feet of our leader, to hear those teachings, to lean into what Jesus is teaching us, to bask in the glory of his presence. But then all of that, and all that we are hearing in those teachings, that we are called out and to go and do the work in the world that we've been asked to do. And in all of that, to stay focused on that which Jesus has taught us. And when we do that, when we are focused on who Jesus is and who Jesus is calling us to be, I am confident 
that God will do mighty things. And indeed, that will be a mighty fine hour. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Holy God, we are grateful that you continue to speak and, and reveal yourself to us. And so God, I pray that you would continue to call us to your feet, that we would know you better, that we would hear those teachings, and that those teachings would call us to go out and do the work you've asked us to do, and that all the while, we would be focused on who you are and give thanks for that. In your holy name we pray. Amen.